Hello, and welcome to MacCast, a podcast from the Department of Media and Communication at St. John Fisher College. I'm Dr. Lauren Vicker, welcoming you to this week's episode. We're back from spring break, and today, a conversation with alumnus Jamila Glover. As a CJ major and HR minor, she started Fisher's chapter of the Society for Human Resource Management, and now she's helping young women prepare for college. We'll meet Jamila after we find out what's been happening in the Department of Media and Communication. The Prima Group had a successful week hosting Meet the Media, featuring a networking session and professional panel discussions with guests from 13 Wham, News 10, The Democrat and Chronicle, and The City Newspaper. Prospective students and parents visited the campus for the department's annual Spend-A-Day and had a great time meeting faculty and learning about the Fisher culture, as well as getting a chance to design a mock-up magazine layout and tour the CTV studio. Special thanks to all the students who helped out with Spend-A-Day activities. PRSSA had completed Phase 1 and 2 of the Bateman Case Study Competition to raise awareness of mental health on campus. In Phase 2, they conducted a survey to measure the Five Signs campaign. They will be documenting their campaign and submitting to the Bateman competition during the month of March. Now that spring break has come and gone, it's a good time to get your resume in shape to search for a summer or fall internship. And don't forget to be sure that your LinkedIn profile is updated to reflect any changes in your resume. Watch your email for messages about informational meetings for the internship program, or check out the info on com.sgfc.edu. A reminder that the deadline to apply for the 2017 Jack Pelvino Excellence in Communication Awards is Thursday, April 6th at 12 o'clock noon. Details are available from any media and communication faculty member. Mr. Pelvino has established this award to recognize demonstrated excellence by MAC students and to assist students with demonstrated financial need. Each award is a one-time grant of $2,780. And now, a word from this week's sponsor. This episode of MacCast is brought to you by the Digital Cultures Club. The purpose of the club is to provide a platform for discussion, analysis, and interaction regarding emerging media and computing for all St. John Fisher students. This includes video games, robotics, design and development of technology, analysis of artwork in the form of videos, pictures, GIFs, etc., and many other aspects of the digital cultures and technologies major. They host their primary meeting, the monthly forum, once a month during free period, also giving students a chance to share their projects and studies. Watch your email for dates and more information or contact Joseph Fiorca. Welcome back to MacCast. I'm Lauren Vicker. And joining us today is communications alum Jamila Glover. Jamila is one of our graduates who demonstrates that you can do almost anything with a degree from our program. She was a transfer student to our program and headed toward a career in human resources. And she's now manager of program initiative Venture Up with the Jobs Institute at Hillside Work Scholarship Connection. So welcome to MacCast. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. Oh, it's great to see you here today. And um, before we start talking about what you're doing right now, maybe you could talk a little bit about 
uh, your background and, and what led you to come to Fisher in the first place? Absolutely. Uh, well, Fisher has always had a great reputation in the community. Um, I've always had a desire to come to Fisher. Uh, I never really knew if that would actually happen, but it did. And when it did, uh, by the time um, I was ready to come, I was already an adult. Um, I'd been in the work world. I've had about 20 years of professional work experience. And so I think that gave me an advantage when it came to choosing my career, my um, academic path. Um, I realized the importance of um, being able to effectively communicate, whether it be uh, written and writing reports or uh, verbally standing in front of people, public speaking, or even with presentation. Um, I knew all those things were essential in order to, um, you know, have a substantial career. And so that's how I chose uh, media and communications. Which was called communication journalism. Communication and journalism. I practice saying media and communications, <laughs> but I am used to saying communication and journalism. Right. But it's all right. the same. It's okay. all the same. So you, you already knew you were interested in human resources, but you still thought that communication component was going to be more important to your career success. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Um, I knew um, human resources was uh, something that I was interested in coming in. I knew that I wanted to um, get more training in that area. Um, and I also, of course, like I said, realized the importance of being able to effectively communicate. Um, so, you know, I realized with the communication and journalism degree, I also had to take on a minor, which is my opportunity to take on human resources. And, and that's how I found myself there. So did that turn out to be a good combination of just doing HR as a minor as opposed to doing the HR major? Absolutely. Um, immediately following graduating from uh, Fisher, I landed a position as a human resources support assistant. Um, and in that role, I found myself using a lot of the skills that I learned in the communication and journalism department, um, such as uh, being able to uh, write up some type of report or, um, you know, in the meetings, being prepared to uh, present something that we've been working on and having a flow to it uh, where people were understanding it and, and um, you know, leaving room for questions and things like that. So um, just mostly what I've found to be the most important is those uh, verbal communication skills and the written communication skills. Yeah, and that comes up over and over again in our business communication classes that yeah. no matter what, you know, what field you're going into that those are often the skills that employers are looking for. Yes, I found students. them to be yeah. essential. Yeah. So talk a little bit about um, how you as an adult student kind of navigated Fisher and then actually started SHRM uh, here on campus. Because that, I mean, you already had a life outside of Fisher. And I then did. You were, you were trying to start a whole new group on campus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was an exciting uh, experience. So I, you know, I do have a, I have a family. I've raised, um, I have adult children. I have teenage daughters. Um, so it was, it was a balancing act. Um, but I found that because my passion was behind it, it was not hard to do. I just had to you know, properly manage my time. Um, and, you know, with the SHRM, uh, the 
Society for Human Resource Management. Um, getting that chapter up and running um, was, again, fueled by my passions. I had a great group of individuals uh, behind me. Um, the ball had already been started rolling on that. And, uh, you know, when by the time I joined the, the chapter, we were just ready to put things in place and get it rolling. Um, and, you know, it was quite surprising that we didn't already have that chapter here on campus, um, being that, you know, human the Society for Human Resource Management is a huge component of the HR field. Um, usually, once individuals um, get into the human resource world, they don't um, go and further their education for human resource uh, development so much. It's more so getting that SHRM certificate. Um, so we learned a lot, um, bringing it in on campus, having guest speakers come in. Um, we were able to convey those messages on to other students who were interested in human resources. Um, and it was kind of a big deal for yeah. us then. It was kind of a big deal. Absolutely. Yeah. And were you the only communication major? Were there other students from communication? I was the only communications you major. You were. Okay. Yeah. All right. And yeah. so the students that you met, were they students you met through the HR classes? Yeah. Yes. Taking? Yeah. Yes. They yeah. were mostly business majors. Well, it sounds like something good to put on your resume as shows initiative and yes. be able to start things up. Yes. So, um, so you worked in human resources for a while, and I wonder if you could talk a little bit about some of the things that you noticed that would be good advice for our students if they have to, if they're applying for jobs or going to interview. Some of the things you noticed that would be, you know, tips that you could provide. Absolutely. Um, I think the first thing is to be yourself. Um, you know. I, if you're yourself, then everything else kind of comes naturally after that. Um, I think, um, but also while being yourself, you have to uh, remain professional at all times. Um, and if you're in the HR world or in the business field, you need to be sure uh, to be tactful and um, have a sense of diplomacy. You know, be careful what you say, how you say it. Um, I think being very organized is important. Um, establishing a reputation for following through on your word shows that you're someone that can be relied upon um, in a time of need. Uh, mm -hmm. We always have a full plate, but um, I think it says a lot about you when you are thoughtful and, and give back mm -hmm. or and help others out whenever you're able to. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. I've, I found all those things to be very helpful in helping me progress in my career. Did you see people in HR really relying a lot on social media or checking out social media of people who applied? Because we're always telling students, you know, to clean it up. So, and, yeah. yeah. So something that I actually took with me to my position in HR was the fact that we should be screening people uh, through their social media pages. This is something that was not at the time being done. Um, but I, um, I encouraged it and I, you know, people jumped onto it and mm -hmm. there were a few things that we came across where I think it was great to have in our process because we avoided situations that we probably would not have wanted to find ourselves in. Right. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So what are some things that you noticed about applicants that um, were really things that excited you about a candidate that, you know, that would kind of be good advice for students who are applying for a job? Um, it's always good to see uh, when students have been involved, whether mm -hmm. it be community service or um, um, internships or even previous work experience. Um, it's always good to have them be able to give real-life experiences of situations that they've encountered. Uh, Behavioral-based interviews are usually the way 
their their interview is going to go. They're going to want to know a time when. Can you Mm -hmm. tell me a time when you were a great team player? How did you handle this situation? Can you tell me about a time when you had a conflict with your supervisor? How did you handle that? Mm -hmm. Those are real questions that are going to come up in the interview. Um, So having those real-world experiences to fall back on gives you a lot of, um, gives you something to pull from, gives Mm -hmm. you substance. Yeah, we talk about that a lot in interviewing, and I know you had a chance to do some mock interviews with some of some of the students in the interviewing class. Did you feel they had some good examples that would apply to uh, the world of work? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, thank you for pairing me with some. You, I think you chose some of the best students to pair me with. Um, They're all great. Yeah. The, yes, yes, absolutely. Um, each individual comes with uh, a unique perspective, a unique background, and um, they all have some great things to offer uh, the world. Um, and so I think, you know, just being here in the media and communications department is going to prepare them to go out into this world and handle whatever it is that comes their way. Um, this is the best place to be. And I'm not just saying that because this is my alma mater, but, you know, it's, it's true. It's mm-hmm. true. That is very nice to hear. So we'll move on because you are no longer working directly in HR, although I think you're using a lot of those skills. So talk about what brought you to this special program at Hillside. Yes, um, so I was very selective in choosing what my next step would be. Um, I was already working in HR, um, but I just was missing, uh, I was missing something. I didn't have that sense of fulfillment. I didn't go home every day saying, yes, I know I made someone's life better. And that's really what drives me. That's my passion. And so I started putting my feelers out there, and uh, I was open with my supervisor about it, you know, letting her know that I want to start on my next chapter. And so this opportunity came along with Hillside Work Scholarship Connection. Uh, the program is called Venture Up, and it is uh, in, our grantors are the Rochester Women's Given Circle. And they um, provide an opportunity for us to start this initiative, providing supports to young women who've graduated from the city school district, who are now in college or some other type of training program or in a progressive career. And the type of supports that we provide uh, can be academic supports, um, it could be social supports, it could be career-related supports, uh, just being there um, to help them stay on track, um, to help them realize that things don't always go as planned, and you can have a plan B, it's okay, and maybe even a C and D, and that's just how life goes. Uh, and so, you know, I've been very fortunate to have this opportunity to work with the young women um, uh, from the city school district. Um, they're, they're, they face a lot of barriers and challenges, and a lot of the, you know, things that they face, I've too faced and I've overcome. And so, you know, I'm a demonstrated uh success story right. for them and Absolutely. you know yeah. just try and be a mentor yeah so um so i take it these are all students who are enrolled at local colleges or they're rochester yeah they came from rochester high schools yep they came yeah. from mm-hmm. rochester high schools majority of them are at mcc mm-hmm. i do okay. have um a few at flcc and one at gcc okay mm-hmm. so they're local yeah but i think you know a lot of times uh programs will focus on helping them through high school mm-hmm. and then it's kind of like yeah you did that you're off in college and and that's the end of the program right so exactly. this is really unique this is very unique it yeah. was, it's the first um wraparound program of this type in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we've learned some lessons as far as um, how we're preparing our students in high school to um, succeed post-secondarily. Oh, interesting, yeah. okay. And so once they get through community college, will that be the end of the program or do you plan to follow them hopefully through to 
bachelor's completion? So this was a grant program, and mm-hmm. it was only scheduled out until for two years, okay. which takes us to June of 2017, so just a few months from here. Oh, okay. um, so the program will end. However, um, Hillside Work Scholarship has taken what we've learned from this program, and they're using that data to be able to create more supports for our students because we, we are – uh, pretty successful in getting our students through high school, um, especially, you know, the students in the work scholarship program are graduating at numbers way higher than just uh, students who are just in the city school district mm-hmm. without supports. Mm-hmm. So we're doing something right, and we realize that. And we want to continue to do things right as we um, graduate our students and, and, you know, send them on to college or career. And um with this information, we should be able to provide those supports. Yeah, that is impressive. I know I've had a, a few of those students who've, who have come to Fisher. Yes. And when you have them in class, there's something very special about them. They, yes. I think they appreciate what kind of support they've gotten and the fact that they are on track to get their education. So That's our that's, purpose. Yeah, that's awesome. very, that is very nice to hear. So um, you have also decided to go back and get a graduate degree. So what led to that decision? Are you asking yourself that right now? I don't know. You <laughs> You know, I, I um, Professor Sarakin was my advisor, and um, when I right when I was preparing to graduate, I went to him, and I'm like, okay, so I want to go on to graduate school, and he's like, wait, you know, <laughs> give yourself a chance, go out there and see what's going on, and I'm glad that I did because. Um, after graduating from Fisher, I learned some things about myself. Um, I learned where my strengths had grew. I learned where I need, still needed to improve. And um, having those few years off helped me to make a more informed decision. Um, and so I came back to Professor Sarakin and you as well. <laughs> and um, I asked for uh, references for a particular program. And um, because Professor Sarakin knew me, he suggested that I look into some other programs besides the one that I was focused on. And I did my research, and I found a program. Now I'm now at RIT in the, um, at the Saunders School of Business studying management with a leadership track. Mm-hmm. And um, it's certainly challenging me, and uh, it's helping me develop in those areas where I have weaknesses. And it's also helping to strengthen my areas where I where I excel in, mm-hmm. so um, I I feel comfortable and confident confident that I've made the right decision. I'm in the right place, and um, it all comes back here to Fisher again because I came back home to say, okay, what do I do next? And you know, and I was you guys were right there for me and yeah. helped me to make that decision. So yeah. well, that's the that's the value of a small school too. Yes, and um, so it lo- it sounds like you're probably always going to be doing some kind of nonprofit work because that seems to be part of your makeup that you want to give back. Well, it's yeah. funny that you've said that um, because actually I'm you know I'm at a crossroads. I've devoted most of my time to. Um, uh, human service type work, non-for-profit type work, because that's where my passion lies. But as I learn uh, more about myself and my abilities, I'm starting to wonder if I'll continue on this track or break off and go more to the business side of things. So I'm kind of at a crossroads yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly where, but you know, I'm open for options. I continue to grow and develop, and so doors you know, are continuing to open for me. So. Yeah. yeah, and you've got a great network in the community as well, yes. so, so that's great. Um, and we should mention that you are a member of our Alumni Advisory Board. I am. Um, which is great because yes, is. you've got some very diverse experience that you bring to the table, yes. and it's different from the people who are at agencies or yeah. TV or stations, and so that, 
I think that part has been really helpful. So were you, um, did you have to think about it a while when you were invited or was that, were you right there? No, I was right there. <laughs> yeah. I was right there. And I thank you so much for keeping me involved. Um, you always reach out, whether it's for the mock interviews, the advisory boards. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I appreciate that because, um, you know, one of the things uh, that I, that was a challenge for me when I was here at Fisher is not really having a diverse um, classroom. But I've walked through the halls, and I think that's changed. I think some of I that think has, has is changed. definitely starting to change. I yes. think so. I think so. But um, when I was invited to the advisory board, one of the things um, that we, uh, one of the questions that was asked of us on the first night was, you know, what did we find to be a challenge? And for me, it was uh, being an adult student from a totally different background from most of the, my classmates. That was a challenge for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I was an adult and I'd kind of already learned how to handle situations that are challenging, um, I made it work. Mm-hmm. I made it work. Um, and so um, being a part of the advisory board, um, I believe, is a, an opportunity, like you said, for me to offer my perspective from my unique background um, that's different from others that are on the board. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. Yeah, and we appreciate your input and also the fact that members of the board are there for our students too yes. when they need them for informational interviews or, or whatever. So um, so you look back on your experience here and the students that you've met. Do you have any particular advice for our current students as they're looking out into to graduating and, and looking for jobs? Yes, absolutely. Um, your experience here at Fisher goes by so fast, and sometimes we get so caught up in the day-to-day things that, you know, before we know it, everything is behind us. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say to um, sometimes take a step back and and, and just sit and, and absorb what, what you're doing, where you're at, the things you're learning. You may not realize it right now, um, but this is a, 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 a huge point in your life where you're absorbing so much information and you're retaining more information than you realize. Because once you get into the work world and situations come up, you'll know the solution or the answer to something and you don't even realize you know it. And most of it comes from, you know, your experiences here. It's not just book work. A lot of it is the network and the communication that you have with people. Um, one of the things that I found in my career is it's not, the, it's not what you know. It's not going out and filling those job applications out and waiting for a callback. Most of the times, it's who you know. Who have you made those connections with? Um, Who can you call? You see a position over at Harris Corp, and you're like, oh, I know Sally over here. Let me call her. Mm -hmm. Sally probably knows a manager or someone else who can get you connected. So um, it's important important to keep those doors open and and network. Um, I know it can be hard for some people, um, their personalities, they may be shy or introverted, and that's okay. Um, People usually understand that. And, um, you know, as long as you're yourself and you're open and you're honest and you can communicate um, what what your desires are um, and you're focused, you have that elevator speech ready, um, you should be good to go. Absolutely. That's that's really great advice. And if you don't know someone over at that at that company, probably one of your professors does and they can they can help to link you up there. So, yeah. Yes. So, thank you very much for sharing your story and Absolutely. your words of wisdom. So, Jamila Glover, it's been great to have you here today. Thank you. It's been you. a pleasure. Thank you. Matcast is a production of the Department of Media and Communication at St. John Fisher College. Justin Proietti is audio producer and read What's Happening This Week. He had assistance from Zach Beaver. Jordan Proietti promotes the podcast and keeps track of what's happening and sponsor messages. Haley Barber read our sponsor message 
for the Digital Cultures Club. Cecil Felton is executive producer, and I'm Lauren Vicker. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>